Well, today I am very excited about our summer speaker that we have with us today. He has been a professional athlete. Uh, and many of you will recognize him from films like Courageous, War Room. Uh, he's authored several books. He's produced a documentary uh, that has received a, nomina a nomination for Most Inspirational. Uh, you could actually see it on his website, tcstallings.life. But more important than any of those things, TC's main mission is to simply share the message of Christ and help people recognize the calling and the purpose that God has placed on their life. And that is why he's here. He's got two beautiful children. He's married to his college sweetheart, Lavette, who is here with us today as well. Would you guys stand? Welcome to the stage, TC Stallings. He said, I'll let you get it. <laughs> thanks, Pastor. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. Um, a lot of people think, uh, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I got too much respect for the position to, to, to do that. Um, I'm just a guy. I'm just a regular guy. I did do some youth ministry uh, for a lot of years. Um, but I'm just a guy. And it's important. I want to bring everything down. Like some people probably have only seen me in uh, um, you know, films or TV shows or maybe a commercial or something like that. Um, but throw all of that out and just literally see me as just you, um, just a, a human being that God made, because that's going to help everything that I talk about be even that much more impactful. A lot of times when you get speakers and people to come and and maybe they've had some level of success or notoriety or something like that, when they start talking about what God has done or what's worked out for them, you seem to think that, uh, wow, that's just, like, that'll just happen for that person. Like, there's something special about that person. Absolutely nothing. You know, I, I, I'm just a, a person that had a purpose, and uh, I'm just living that out. And everybody in here has a purpose. We, obviously, we're going to get into that. That's what we're here to talk about today. But I am no one. I'm just... We're all the same. We're, we're nobody. You know, the Lord has a purpose, and he will use you if you will allow him to use you. Um, and, and even still, you know, that purpose isn't always like this cutesy thing. Sometimes the purpose can be, can be tough. You know, a lot of times I think about, you know, people who are, are grateful for the Lord having a purpose for them. Like, you know, think about Mary, you know, Jesus' mom. You know, her purpose was to watch him get tore up. That was her purpose. That's what, that's what she had to do. You know, it's things like that. We, we have to be careful about, you know, you have to ask yourself, do you really want God's purpose for your life? Sure you do, but don't always think it's going to be something cute and cuddly and, and anything like that. So I just want to set the stage to say, this TC, this guy is just a person like myself. And so uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, I got some notes here, and <laughs> my wife will tell you, and, and again, if you didn't, this is my wife right here, if you, if you stand up, let me do the embarrassment thing where you stand up and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> that's it. I only do that because she doesn't like it. Like that's, you know, he honors his wife. No, I just know she don't like that. You know, no, she's awesome. Um, my wife is also my manager. She likes to boss me around, tell me what to do. So, and I enjoy it. No, I don't enjoy it. But, um, but I, I love her and she's with me. And uh, I got some notes here. She'll tell you, like for me, God has done so many amazing things in my life. There's so many stories. Like my life is like a tree with a bunch of branches. I come here to talk about one branch. I, always try, I, talk, I, I try to talk about the whole tree. So I got notes that just keep me in line 
Um, but I've already asked the Lord to just allow me to say what he wants me to say. Um, and and I, this is here, but whatever. You know, he's in control. I've been praying about this event, you know, all, all since I found out I was coming. We prayed before. So whatever is said here is what the Lord wants. But you do have one job. One job. Like any, anything I say here, jokes or stuff that, you know, if, I, if y'all have people from the second group to be like, he said to ask y'all about, that's because I didn't say it to them. I said it to y'all. So y'all got to tell them. So y'all got to listen to anything. I'll be like, hey, just ask the first group. They'll tell you. So that's y'all's job. Y'all, gotta, y'all are responsible for that. So we, we're talking about purpose. Um, before I get into that, I want to um, honor uh, my mother. And I want to show you my mother. Um, when I talk about purpose... Uh, you know, my, my mother passed away. My mother, I lost my mother to COVID, actually, in 2020. And uh, we talking about purpose, and she was a big, huge part of my purpose. And I always say I got the best version of my mother because I was the youngest of six kids. And my mother, um, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of six. My mother had you know, five before me. And uh, towards the end is where she really found her faith. Like, she was in her, you know, late 20s, early 30s. That's when I was born. And uh, before that, she just was really out there, a little wild and everything. And so I always had the best version of her because she you know, started singing in the choir and, you know, getting, getting, us, get, getting everybody to church. But most of my siblings were adults by that time. And I was, you know, I'm the little baby and everything. But that little baby almost didn't make it. You know, my purpose started in the womb because she was going to abort me. You know, I was almost aborted. And she had already had an abortion before. You know, uh, so she knew how to do it. Uh, but the thing was that the Lord got her heart, and uh, she couldn't, you know, she was a different person at this point. And when she didn't want a sixth child, she wasn't financially prepared for a sixth child. She wasn't just light. It was just, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I never, I didn't even meet my dad. I didn't know my dad. He wasn't even there when I was born. Like, it was just all kinds of stuff. She was not ready for that. So she was ready to just be like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not having another child. But like I said, I got the best version of my mother. So at that point... Um, you know, she felt like the Lord wouldn't want her to do that. She was growing her faith that much. So this isn't necessarily a part of the whole message per se, but I will say this, you know, this the world getting up in arms about, you know, the, the pro-choice, the, 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 the you know, pro-life and all these things. Here's the deal. Let's just, you take all that aside at the end of the day, my mother, she wasn't either of those things. My mother was, she was, she was pro-Sylvia. She was going to do what Sylvia wanted to do. But the bottom line is God had her heart. So regardless of the law, she chose to let God decide what happens with what's in the womb. That's what it should be. So we shouldn't be dependent on laws because laws can change. It's all about who's got the power, right? But at the end of the day, whether the laws support it or not, you can change a heart. If the heart wants to honor God with that life, it don't matter what the law is. And I was so glad that my mother let the Lord change her heart, and, and she decided that she couldn't go through with it. And so that's why I'm here. So my purpose was there, because at that point, I'm defenseless. I'm in the womb. I can't do anything. But even still, God had a purpose for my life. That's why I'm here. And, and so that's just so important. But that's where my purpose started. But so we're, we're talking about purpose. At some point, I would be born, and I do get to make choices, and I do get to impact what happens with me. And I do get to say yes to things and no to things and make decisions and make plans as I start to grow up. And that's where, you know, you're responsible for what you do. So when it comes to purpose, what is your purpose? How do you find it? And this trips me out because there are so many, you know, books that get written about this and 
you know, there's so many anecdotes and so many experts about, you know, finding purpose. There's a popular way to determine what your purpose is in this world. You've probably heard it before. It's, you know, do you, right? Do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel happy. You know, um, it, it's, it's chase your dreams. Follow your heart. You know, uh, all of those things are how people find purpose. You know, do what makes you happy. Um, you can be anything you want to be. Like, these are all the things you hear. For a Christian, this is completely wrong. Because everything, all of that scripture is pretty much the opposite. You know, it's not be what you want to be. It's be what God designed you to be. You know, it's not follow your heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. But that's the popular way that the world decides that that's, that's what they're going to do. And it's, it's, it's wrong because for us, we were never meant to lead our own lives anyway. I know a lot of people, you know, it, when it comes to purpose, you're not meant to lead your own life. You're meant to lead yourself in following Jesus. Like Jesus is going to say, hey, we're going this way. Now, he's not going to force you to follow him. You got to pick yourself up and, and choose to follow Jesus. That's the, that's the leading part. You, you know, you lead yourself, you lead your family, you, need, you, know, you lead your, your goals, your dreams, your desires. You're, he's not going to do that for you. You do that. But you don't lead your life. You don't create your purpose. You don't lead it. You don't design it. You don't say, this is what I was made to do. You don't know that on your own. That comes from God. That's why that whole thing about uh, find out what you want to do, you can do anything, that comes from you. And if your purpose comes from you, it's already wrong. And we get that from Scripture. I'm gonna, I got there's three Scriptures here, and I want you to let me know which one of these sound like we're supposed to be in front. We're supposed to be in the lead. You got Proverbs 16.9. It says, a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his path. So you can plan all you want, you know, you got, then it's like, but you got to take those plans like, all right, Lord, is this cool? Is it, can I go this way? You know, is, is this where you leave? You have to run it through him. So you're not in front. God's in front. It says, uh, Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Now, if you think about that literally, because I think it's interesting that they use a, a lamp and a light at your feet. Because if we was to black out this room right now, completely black, like turn off all the lights, I can't see anything. And I got lamp and lights at my feet. That is very, that is very like, all I can see is my next step. I'm at the mercy of the light and the lamp. I can't move ahead of it. Like it didn't say your word is a strobe light. It didn't say it's a flashlight. Because if you use strobe lights, flashlights, you can see very far. Like you can see way out. You can know way ahead. But with lamps and lights, you literally are at the mercy of the lamp and the light. You, have, you can only take one step at a time. So you're not in the lead. You're still at the mercy of something else. You're in the trail position. You're still not in front. So, so far, neither one of your scriptures has us out in front where we can lead anything. We're in a trail position, a dependent position on something else, on God. Proverbs 20, 24 says, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? So all of these scriptures are like, you ain't meant to lead. I am. So this is why the world's methods don't work. And, and I won't even say the world's, because a lot of times, by the way, we, we got to understand, there are some Christians that think this way. There, I, I've heard Christians that say, you can be anything you want to be. You can, you can, they tell the children that you can do anything you want, because that's a positive thing. But positive isn't always purposeful. Positive isn't always biblical. You know, it's, what does the Bible say? It doesn't say these things, so we shouldn't even tell our kids that. Because honestly, you're actually telling them right, but you're telling them dangerous. They can't be anything they want to be. 
That's what makes it so hard because they'll do things opposite of what God wants them to be. They'll follow their own heart, follow their own dreams. So you keep pumping that into their head when it should be, you need to be what God designed you to be. You need to be chasing his plan for your life. Because there's a biblical answer to this. There's a biblical answer. And this is what we want to give them, a biblical answer to what is my purpose? And how do I find it? And a lot of people ask that question. What's my purpose? How do I find it? There's a biblical answer to how to do this. It's not be what you want to be. It's be what God designed you to be. It's not follow your heart. It's follow God's heart. And this is biblical, but the, I'm going to show you two things, an, an illustration and some scripture. The simple scripture, because this is not a cool TC thing about um, your purpose. It's biblical. So the best way I can do it is illustration, a quick little story, and simple scripture to go with it. So I'm going to put up a picture of a piece of fruit here, and I'm, I'm sure you all know what that is. So say it with me. This is a what? Okay. Do oranges start off this way? No. How, how do they start? Seeds. They start off as, as orange seed, pips, right? Orange pips. And now these seeds here, the interesting thing about them is these seeds are pre-packed to be nothing but oranges. Those seeds can't be anything else. If you try to plant an orange pip and you want apples, you're not going to get that because they're not packed for that. You can't get any other fruit. You can't get anything but oranges. That's it. They're pre-packed, predetermined to become that. And imagine if these seeds, though, because this is, this is what, if we go by the popular way, be what you want to be. Well, let's imagine these seeds could think for themselves for a minute. Like the, the seeds can think like us, make choices. And the seeds are like, you know what? I don't want to be an orange. I want to be a pineapple. You know what I mean? They, they, live in, they live in Hawaii. They can, you know, they, they got good weather. They got, I'm, 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 a, I'm bald. You know, from what I see, oranges, I don't want to be bald. I want hair like the pineapples. I want to, you know, I, I want that. And, you know, let's, I mean, we're just, let's flow with me. We're making this up. They watch, you know, fruit TV or whatever they're watching. They see all the pineapples having a good time, and they just, I want that. And then they see the, you know, the fruit TV commercials, be whatever you want to be. Chase your dream, and then they decide they're going to do that. And they go, and they go to Hawaii, and they, and they jump in the same soil with the pineapple plants and trying to be everything. And then when the harvest time comes and all these pineapples start sprouting up, the, what's, what, what is the orange seed going to become? It's orange. Now, now it's, it's becoming a little orange, and it's just upset with everything. It's looking in the mirror, you know, it's like, I can't stand by. And it's upset, and it's depressed, and it's angry, and it's mad, but it's trying to be something that it was never designed to be. It was trying to be something it was never prepacked to be. It wasn't never going to work out, but it took the advice, the popular advice, and chase your dreams and do it. But you're prepacked with a purpose. So it's almost like when you finally just give up and you like, say, all right, okay, this, this whole pineapple thing ain't working, working out. What do you want me to be? And then the Lord takes that, you know, that orange seed, put it in the proper soil where it's supposed to be, and then it starts to blossom into what it's supposed to be, and then it's fulfilling its purpose. You know, it's becoming, you know, orange juice, get a bowl game named after it. You know, it becomes Syracuse mascot. You know, the orange is just... Getting everything it's supposed to be, and it didn't need a whole lot of help, but it's just it's pre-packed for that. That's, that's, what, that's a silly, silly, silly example, but that's exactly what we do. When we say, I'm going to be what I want to be, be what I, but Scripture is going to show you that you too are pre-packed to be what God designed you to be. And I love that I didn't have to make this up, because it would just sound cool, and people can decide if they want to believe it. But see, when I share the Scripture with you, you got to decide if you believe this Scripture that is not twisted, that is not made to be what I want it to be. But if you believe this scripture, you're going to see I just illustrated 
what the Bible says about our purpose. Psalms 139.16 is my favorite scripture. I love it. It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. If you believe what I just said, you can read it for yourself. Everybody got their Bible right there. In whatever translation, whatever version you got, that's what it says. Before you were born, God made you with a purpose, on purpose. If that's true, that's that orange seed. That's pre, you're pre-packed. Before you were born, he's pre-packed you. He's got your purpose moment by moment. That's very, very specific. Moment by moment. If you believe that, what does that say about your tomorrow, your next five years, next 10 years, next 20 years? God's already saw it, what he wants. And there's only two ways to go, his way or yours. One of them is pre-packed, pre-ordained, pre-ready to go. And it doesn't mean everything that's pre-packed is going to be cute. You know, it, it may be some pain along the way, but that's ordained pain. I love that. Like, that's the pain that was purposed for me. Just like, I, we were just talking about this in the back. Just like God had ordained pain for Jesus. You're going to go down there and you're going to die for people. That's my plan for you. That's my purpose for you. you know? And so it's like, you, you have a pre-packed purpose, everybody in here. So the world's way does not work out. Um, the popular way does not work out. Psalm 139.16 says you have a purpose. That's so, that's so we can know. Now, let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you agree with this statement, that God's purpose for your life is the same thing as his will for your life. It's the same thing. You scared to raise your hands? <laughs> that was a question. <laughs> his purpose and his will. His pur- what is his purpose for you? That's what he wants you to do, right? God's purpose, why he made you. What, would you, what is God's will for you? It's what he wants you to do, right? Right? Okay, that's what he wants you to do. So if those things are true, then Matthew 7, 21 should mean a lot to you. Matthew 7, 21 should get your attention. Listen to this. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father. And then it goes on to say, many will come and say, we did this, we did that, we did this, you know, positive things, cool things. He's like, I never knew you. I don't care if it was positive. I don't care if it was cool. It wasn't my will for you. And he's very, very, like, that's just as straightforward as it gets. But see, we live in a world where, and some Christians do this. Or some, you know, it, it, it ain't that deep. You're taking it too far. you too, you know, you're too serious. It don't take all of that. It don't, yeah, okay, tell that to Jesus. He said, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, you Christians, you non-Christians, you whoever say my name. Whoever do anything in my name, if you don't know me, it don't matter. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father. If the will, if, if God's will and his purpose are one and the same, then what should be your number one pursuit? Your purpose. You should want to know what that is because all this other stuff don't matter. And that's not me talking. So far, we ain't been doing nothing but regurgitating scripture. Jesus said that. So if you have never asked him, what is, your, what is my purpose? Like everybody's like, you know, asking these gurus and reading these books and all those other different things. Well, ask God, what, what, what is my purpose? You should want to know that. I mean, there's nothing else I would be concerned about is what's my purpose. Above, above all else, I should be concerned about what's my purpose. What am I doing? Because you don't get in heaven doing your own thing. 
That would be my number one deterrent. Jesus is going to stand there and everybody's going to walk up and they're going to have their whole resume of all the things that they've done on their own apart from him without praying. You helped this person. You gave to this person. You did. Didn't the people, if you read the rest of Matthew 7, 21, didn't those people do that too? You know what I mean? We did this in your name, man. We did this in your name. We did that in your name. That's all those times you go and do stuff. You ain't ask God if he wants you to do it. He ain't involved. You know, you got your own reason. It felt good. It looked good and all of that. He's going to be like, man, I never knew you. That's harsh. But that's Jesus. We got to stop apologizing, trying to make Jesus look cute, like he wouldn't do something like that. That's why people are so uh, bold in how they treat him, how they treat the things of, of God, is because we make it like he's too cute to do something like that. Jesus is too nice and too loving. His love ain't got nothing to do with you not listening. Ain't got nothing to do with me and you not obeying. You know, so... With that being said, so we understand the backdrop of, of purpose. And we already see we can know what our purpose is. Psalms 139.16. And I'm going to get into some scriptures, even to where, what, what do you do with that Psalm 139.16? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. What do you do with that? I'm going to get to that in a second. Because I'm going I'm to share my story with you. Uh, because all you got to do is ask. If, if God's will and his purpose are one and the same, and this is the standard by which he is judging you. Because we just read that in Matthew 7, 21. Then do you think his will for your life is something that he is wanting to hide from you? No. You can ask. James 1, 5. If you like wisdom, you can ask God. That's simple. That's scripture. I, I haven't made up nothing yet. So you're telling me I got a purpose on 139, 16. And I can ask you about it concerning that purpose. That's it. It's that simple. There's your answer. It's Bible. Lord, I do not know what my purpose is, and I want you to show me what it is. And you're done. And then you let him walk you through it every single day. James 1.5. And don't doubt, by the way. You read the rest of that. He said, if you doubt me, you shouldn't expect anything from me. So you can't ask that question. I believe you're going to get a true answer from the Father. So there's the formula for just knowing your purpose. Honestly, I could stop right now. And you just got to decide if you believe these two simple scriptures that I showed you and just put them into action. Literally ask the Lord about your purpose. And I'm going to get into a way that we can pray about that too at the end. It's a very simple prayer. Simple prayer concerning your purpose. But I'm going to show you my story because it's like, okay, that sounds too easy. Here's, uh, and, and, and by the way, this is a, a very squished version of this story. But you will get my point. And I love that these things have happened to me in this way because you, you can't make this stuff up. It's all documented. But... This is my story of my Psalms 139.16. This is how it all played out for me and everything. So as you know, I got into acting. That had to start somewhere. Um, I was a professional football player. One year, the Lord shifted my passions to acting. And this is how it started. I went and I was in a movie theater. Uh, the movie I was watching was called uh, Fireproof. You know, some of you may have seen Fireproof. Um, at the time, I had been married about seven years. And, you know, Fireproof is one of those movies that make you, you know, if you, you think you're a good husband, you watch Fireproof, you're like, I'm a the worst husband ever existed. I got, I got some work to do. And so the movie was inspiring in a good way. Um, you know, you do the love dare and all that. Well, when the movie went off, everybody in the theaters, they didn't leave. You know, everybody was just like talking about fixing their marriages. And I'm, I'm looking at the power of film and I'm just like, you know what? I think I want to do this when I'm done uh, playing football. I think I want to do this. And I had learned at that point to run everything through the Lord. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't a prisoner of the moment. I turned to Levette uh, after apologizing for all the wrong I've done. Um, 
and, 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 and commit to be a better husband, all that stuff. I was like, well, who made this movie? Cause, and I told her about my whole acting and desires that I want to make sure it's the Lord. And like, the Kendrick Brothers made this movie. Okay, well, I better start praying about working with the Kendrick Brothers then. That's, that's what I want to work with because they're making the type of movies that I can do. I want to do something that's God-honoring, and they seem to be doing it, and this is great, and wow, that'd be great. And so we pray about it, and uh, I'm driving. Uh, I think it's like weeks or you know, a few weeks later, and I hear about an acting competition in Florida and that the Kendrick Brothers are going to be there. And I'm like, you can't make that stuff up. Like, this is great. This is perfect. I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to meet the Kendrick Brothers. I'm going to show them what I can do. So I went down there. Everything went great except the meet the kinder brother part. I went down there and didn't meet them. Uh, looking, it was like a week convention. Didn't find them, but I ran into Aaron Bethay. She's a star of fireproof. I thought that was great. So I'm, I'm sitting there, and Aaron Bethay is like literally right where that door is. All I had to do was get there. So I was going, and then all these news people came up to me, and they were talking to me. I was like, okay, let me wait. You know, so I'm waiting my turn. And then somebody came and talked to me and said, hey, I saw you in the competition. I turned, I'm talking to this little girl, and she wanted my autograph. So I thought that was cool. I didn't sign an autograph. I was like, oh, yeah, I signed. I'm signing autograph. I turned around, Aaron, gone. I said, you, you know, I'm something there. So Aaron, gone. Didn't get to see her. So I go back home. And I'm sitting there, and I was really upset that I missed my opportunity. Like, how did I miss that? I felt like the Lord gave me, you know, man, I'm, maybe I was being conceited. One of the uh, but she, uh, uh, I look online, and this never works. Y'all know this never works. If you've ever tried to reach out to some kind of, uh, you know, celebrity or whatever and try to get their email. I saw an email for Aaron Bethea. I emailed her, and she actually opened the thing. I did and, and read it. I wrote a book. You know one of those emails you open up and you look at it and you're like, this is too long. I'll read this later. <laughs> I, I, I wrote her one of those. And so she read it all, turned it over to the Kendrick brothers, and uh, they called me and gave me an audition via Skype. I did a Skype audition. So I'm doing, I'm doing the audition on my couch, and I got the role. So that's how I ended up breaking into the business. But that was the answer prayer because I told the Lord, if this is you, open the door. If it's not you, shut the door. I don't want to be a prisoner at the moment. And so I ended up getting my first role um, as uh, TJ in the movie Courageous. Y'all probably have seen that movie, the movie Courageous. Um, I play the role of TJ, which was a gang member, uh, the gang leader. So I do this role, and now this is where the Lord went to work behind the scenes. In L.A., this just doesn't happen. In L.A., an agency sees this faith-based film and they contact me. I have no idea how uh, they found me, but the phone rings. That's why I thought the call was fake. And I'm getting a call from uh, Hollywood and they want me to come out there and, and they claim that, you know, they, they'll uh, represent me and I'll, I'll be able to make it. And I thought it was a joke. Uh, I didn't take it very seriously. I'm like, I do one little role and now I'm supposed to be Eddie Murphy, Denzel Washington, somebody <laughs> like, nah, nah. Um, I, and so uh, they ended up uh, just, you know, letting me know this was legit. I did not want to do this. I, I was, my life was fine where I was. I was afraid about going out there and everything. Um, the Lord made it very, very clear that he was behind this. And this is just through prayer. We prayed about it. We asked the Lord, open the door if you want it open. Shut the door uh, if, if, you, if you don't you know, want me to do this. And literally everything that we were doing in the city uh, where we were just kind of just started to just shut down. You know, we were running a business and uh, that started to shut down. And I mean, in a good way, like someone offered to buy the business. And like, if I really try to flesh out this story, I could be here all day. But let me just tell you, when you pray, and you tell the Lord, hey, shut it down. You want to shut down? Everything just started to shut down and everything. And it clearly pointed towards, yes, I'm telling you to go. 
now I'm just face to face with fear. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't know anything about California. I didn't know anything about Hollywood. Um, I was just like, man, this is, I'm just, I'm scared to do this. And it's like, look, me and my wife sat down and we made a pro and con list. We had one pro that if I was to go out to Hollywood and honor God, never get dirty, do everything I'm supposed to do, keep it clean, that we could show that you don't have to forget who Jesus is when you go out there. It'd be huge. So I was a good pro. My con list, I had like 50 things. It was all these things. What the Lord did, and I could go through this, we'd be here all day, but he just started knocking down all of these cons one by one. Like every doubt that I, that I thought I had that was keeping me there, because I was like, well, I ain't going because of this, I ain't going. He just started to knock it down. Like, no, here's a way. Here. The only thing he didn't show me was whether I'd be successful or not. He didn't show me whether I'd be, you know, he didn't even show me how I would take care of my family. But when you knock down 49 cons and you just leave this one, he's like, you know it's me. You're just scared. Get on. <laughs> and uh, so we packed up everything and we left. God had been working behind the scenes, though. I was a professional football player. One of my teammates lived in California. Uh, we got really close, and so his parents became like my godparents. That was my only connection in that state. And they said that they could, we could stay with them while we get on our feet, because we sold everything. We gave up everything. We had nothing but our car, my two kids, my wife, and my dog. And we traveling down there. Make it so, just to paint a picture for you, my son, my son, we, the, the 33-hour trip, my son threw up in the car. It was ugh, terrible. Just that, yeah, yeah. So, so we get there, we're staring, we're staying with the friend of the family. We were going to give it 90 days. We're out there, we're praying through everything. We're just like, we just need some good, clean auditions, and we're going to do this thing. We're just praying all throughout the way. For like most of that 90 days, we got nothing. Everything was either too dirty or, or just, we couldn't do. And I'm just like, Lord, we need, we need something. We had a little bit of money that we took out there. We went on faith. Money's just dwindling away as we're still paying bills and everything. And so nothing was happening. And I'm just like, look, I don't know why the Lord brought me out here. Maybe it was just to see if I'll do it. Uh, yay, I passed. You know, I mean, what am I supposed to do now? Because ain't nobody hiring nothing. Asia couldn't find nothing. So the, 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 my, my godparents, uh, the, they were starting a Bible study. Uh, they do it every year. And they asked me to lead it this particular time. You know, they knew I was kind of dabbling in ministry. And, and what's funny is all that time while I was waiting to get a role that never came, um, I was just reading the Bible and growing. And I started leading this Bible study. And the people in the Bible study heard what I was going through. And they knew my time was winding up with the 90 days that I was going to go home. I told them that my time was up. I don't think this is going to work out, but it was great. And it was like, we don't think it's time for you to leave. And we said, I, I, you know, me and my wife, were like, well, our bills say otherwise. <laughs> and uh, they ended up furnishing us a condo in California. Everybody in the group furnished us. We didn't have anything. Can you imagine this? They said, they, they told us their address. We go to their address. All of a sudden, all these cars start pulling up with like couches, chairs, tables, TVs, all that for us to, to be there. And uh, I'm just like, this is amazing. And uh, we've been praying. So stuff like that says stay. Great. So we stay. Um, then the next thing to do was the person who owned the condo was like, you know, I know you need time to find a job and all of that, you know, no problem. And so just all of this stuff to where you can clearly see the Lord wants this to happen. So I'm like, great, let's find a job. I'm looking for a job. The pastor of the church where I just had moved from tweets about this church that's in California. So I trust him. So I went to go and check the church out. That's all I was doing. I meet the pastor. I meet all the people. Next thing I know, I am being asked to be hired as a youth director at this church. So now I'm the youth director at the church. 
Uh, that gives you a job. You know, you got a salary. Now you, you, you don't have to worry about money because money can make you make bad decisions. If you need money and they come with a role in Hollywood that's a little too dirty or something like that, you might be like, you know, I have my, my baby need food. And well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm, I'm working with the youth. I'm teaching these kids, and, and I can just wait for what the Lord has. So everything was perfect. The, 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 a year passed. You get your first evaluation. I get an A-plus evaluation. You know, how many like getting an A? I like getting an A. A-plus evaluation. So everything is going great. One day I'm going to work, and all of a sudden they canceled the job. They said, you know, we, we, we're not going to have this. Um, youth thing going anymore in this particular area of our ministry, we got to let you go. Out of nowhere, remember, I got an A. How many of y'all like getting an A? I didn't understand. I was going home to tell my wife what had happened. And uh, I get there and I'm like, man, this is going to break her heart because we lost everything. I go in and um, I'm getting ready to tell her and phone rings. I answer it. It's Alex Kendrick. He said, uh, hey, TC, how you doing? I'm like, okay. I mean, this is about an hour after getting fired. Uh, he said, I wanted to offer you the lead role in my new film, War Room. Are you free? <laughs> I'm like, my schedule, my schedule just opened up, Alex. <laughs> and so I get the lead role in the movie War Room. And I probably would not have taken this role because it required me to go the whole summer but I'm teaching, I led a large ministry with all these kids. And, um, and like I said, I was, the, the firing didn't make any sense. But now it made sense. I'm like, the Lord freed me. He knew I probably would have said, nah, I can't, man. I, I can't lead these kids. So um, obviously, you know, the rest, the movie goes on uh, to become the number one movie in America. Now, the thing, the interesting thing is when I got fired, by the way, I'm going to back up a little bit. I got a chance to give these kids one last message. And I was prepared to give them a year's worth of messages. So I had um, 14 points that I wanted to talk to them about concerning their purpose. This is what I was working on. It was a purpose message that I was working on. And we're going to do like a, a, a lesson each month. When they told me I was only got one more chance to talk to them, I condensed this 14-point message into one message. And I taught them in, in, in one hour. I said, if I, don't, if I don't ever see you again, you got to get this. I talked to him about Psalm 139.16, James 1.5, and like 14 other points, scripture-based to where they would seek God first. Because if they get that, they'll get, they'll get it all. Their salvation, everything, your purpose, all of that. Well, later on, I, get, uh, I go and, and, I, and I found that to be such a great message. I'm like, man, if I ever get around a group of people, this is the message that I'm going to give them. And that message became this book. So you're just seeing purpose throughout all of this stuff. That message became this book. And uh, this book is going to reinforce everything that I've said today. And by the way, everybody here is going to leave with this. I'm making sure all of you guys have that free, right? Okay. So here's the deal. And this is going to blow you. I just had to put that in there because, man, just the purpose is all over this. But when War Room went number one, everybody in Hollywood was talking about Jesus in prayer, whether they liked it or not. And I want y'all to just imagine this. I want y'all to show you this moment and watch, listen to the words. You're going to see purpose come full circle in this interview. Check this out. You know, Nancy, redemption and forgiveness are the themes of the faith-based film War Room, which, by the way, was the number one movie in America over the weekend. 
Man, this is mind-blowing. To say the War Room won the battle of the box office is an understatement. Over the weekend, it grabbed the number one spot from straight out of Compton. Have you digested that you are in the number one movie in America? I've prayed and asked the Lord to give me a, a larger platform just so I can just tell people about him, and I know that's happening. This is helping me, sitting here with Kevin. T.C. <laughs> <laughs> Stallings, who brought his entire family to our interview, reminds us that there's been a whole string of recent religious films that have done well. I think that there's an audience out there that really wants to see this. I want my kids to be able to watch me, and that's what I'm after. What's interesting is that TC told me that back in 2007, he prayed that one day he would work with the Kendrick brothers, that he would make a movie that would make a difference. Look at him now. So the whole world got to see how purpose works. So I want to wrap up with this. We'll go ahead and... Uh... You hear a message like this, and you'll say, you know what, I might get around to that. I might, but see, after hearing scriptures like Matthew 7, 21, and, and knowing how God's going to judge things, this is not something you want to procrastinate on. And like I said, this book that I'm giving everybody, it's got all those scriptures in it, including the one I'm about to tell you right now. And it's going to challenge you, but James 4, uh, 13 through 14. I'm just going to read this really quickly. It says, now listen, you who say today, uh, tomorrow, we will go and do this. Go to that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Your life is a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And this is my no procrastination scripture. This, this, this stops me from doing that because I'm telling you, y'all know every day somebody dies. Every day somebody is experiencing their last moment. Every day is somebody's last day. Could be you, could be me. So this is not something you want to wait on when it comes to making decisions about letting the Lord uh, influence your purpose, let him lead you in your purpose. And so that's my challenge to you today. Put this last picture up um, where I'm, it's a picture of this car. And uh, you're going to see this car. This was my car whenever it comes up at some point. Oh, it's not there? Okay, well, I, it's going to be, see, in the next service, they get to see the car. Well, there's a, it's just a wrecked car and it's my car. I just want y'all to see it. So y'all gonna go, oh man, it was terrible. But um, this is the keychain from that car and I kept it. And this P stands for purpose. This was back in 2010. A week later is when I got that role in Courageous. But that has, that's unrelated. I just found it to be just insane that that happened, but I nearly died in that car crash. I kept the keychain and I put this P on it to remind me. I could have been face to face with the Lord at that moment. And if he was to ask me, TC, have you been doing your thing or have you been doing my thing? Have you been doing your will or mine? At that time, it was, and I was a Christian, I thought I was, but I was doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't even thinking about his purposes or none of that stuff. And I, I, I could have been a candidate for away from me, I never knew you. And that just changed my life. And so this is the conversation piece. People ask me, what is that P for? It stands for purpose. And I almost lost my life. Like I said, every day is somebody's last day. So that's my no procrastination scripture. This ain't something you want to wait on. Because your next moment, remember moment by moment, your next moment is now. And, and he wants you to live out your purpose for, for uh, your purpose for your life, his purpose for your life. He wants you to do that now, tomorrow. So this is something, this is a decision you make. I want to take you through a, a prayer right now. Uh, and the first thing I want to tell you, when it comes to purpose, ask the Lord. I'm challenging all y'all to do this tonight. Just say, Lord, whatever I'm doing in my life, if this is not of you, if I'm not on the road you want me on, shut it down. Put me on the road you want me on. Have me doing what you want me to do. And give me the wisdom, that James 1.5 wisdom to know the difference. Because there's some things that look cute, look good, look like, but they're not him. 
And Satan will, Satan will let you do good things all day long, but they're not God things. And you need wisdom that comes from the Lord to know the difference. So you pray that prayer, and I'm challenging you to do that in light of all of this. Because Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I urge you by the mercies of God to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's your reasonable act of worship. Do not conform to the patterns of the world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's letting God change you. Then you will know what God's will is for your life. His good, pleasing, perfect will. So you accept him, let him change you, then ask him what he wants you to do. That's scripture. That ain't me. That's, that's the formula for knowing your purpose. That's what you do. Now I'm going to pray for those who may need to do that. Accept Jesus or rededicate yourself. You, you're like, you know, I know who you are, but I've been doing my own thing. And I'm seeing the scripture. That don't work. So I'm going to pray. I want you to pray along with me in your mind. And, um, and, then, and, and afterwards, I'm going I'm to ask you, uh, which prayer did you pray? And then we'll go from there. So just pray with me in your own way. I'll lead you, but you pray in your own way. Dear Lord, we thank you right now for everybody here. And we know there's a chance there are some people here that don't know you. And so if you're out there right now, you don't know the Lord, this is the type of things you want to pray. You just want to tell the Lord that you know you're a sinner. You know that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. You want to accept Jesus Christ right now as your Lord and Savior. You want the Holy Spirit to come into your life and change you and make you new so that you can be with Jesus forever. Let him be the Lord of your life. You confess that right now. It's that simple. Simple words, but it's a belief you got to have in your heart. If you believe that and you're confessing that, say it to him in your own way. Ask for forgiveness for all sins, for trying to lead your own life and think you know better than he does. Now, if you're out there and you're listening, you're one of those people that you've done this, you've accepted Jesus, but you've been doing your own thing. You're convicted and you want to fix that. This is repenting of that. So in your own way, say to the Lord, Lord, I ask forgiveness for doing my own thing, for going my own way. And I want you to take over. You take control. You lead my life. You show me the way to go. You make the decisions concerning what I do. And forgive me for thinking I knew better. And give me the wisdom to know the difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to ask you, honestly, if you prayed either one of those prayers, I just want you to stand up right now where you are. That's awesome. So this is cool. And I want y'all to stay standing. But here's the deal. In heaven, according to Scripture, when just one come to heaven, when one come to Jesus, heaven's rejoicing. So we got a collection of people that have either rededicated themselves or they just came to Jesus for the first time. I see no reason why we shouldn't be doing the same thing. So let's give these people a hand. And y'all stay standing for Pastor Michael to come.